Welcome to Norm, a Cheers podcast. We're co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. We're your hosts, Marlene Simi and Andy Blaker. How are you doing tonight, Andy? Hey, I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing well also. We are entering episode three of season six of Cheers, and we're getting into the first two-parter of this new era of Cheers. This one is Little Carla, Happy at Last, part one. And it was written by Cherie Eichen and Bill Steinkellner, directed by James Burroughs, and it aired on October 15th, 1987. Our general episode summary is Carla and Eddie are getting married. They have planned their wedding around their mutual superstitions, of which they have many. The odds are not in their favor, however, when they both come to cheers on their wedding day and see each other. From that unfortunate occurrence springs a series of events, either fate or coincidence, that throws the wedding plans, as well as the reception that Sam has convinced Rebecca to host, into jeopardy. So we start with a teaser, and it's really the only, or one of the few parts of these episodes that aren't directly related to Carla and Eddie's wedding. Mm-hmm. And in this one... Sam is on the phone in Rebecca's office. He's talking to a woman about sexual matters, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And Rebecca comes in, gives him a look, one of her looks, and Sam tells the woman he has to go. He switches over on the phone to a woman that he had on hold um, (laughs) and tells her he'll have to talk to her later, too. So Rebecca shakes her head. It's the expressions. You see her shake her head, just like kind of Mm -hmm. slightly disfaged, just shakes her head. And he hangs up the phone. He winks at her when she asks if it's a personal phone call. I think he says very and winks. Very. (laughs) Yeah. And so she says, Malone, I find winking really smarmy. So he says, beneath that, what was it? Beneath this smarm is a lot of charm. And I think you know that. And I Mm. noticed she kind of has like a very slight grin, you know, on her face at that time. I just think that these expressions back and forth and this dynamic you know, I have other things to say about Sam's behavior overall, but I just think that's sort of interesting the way that's building. Right. So she's kind of like, she's not repulsed, but she's also not really charmed. So she kicks him out of the office, just directly says she wants him out of there. So he apologizes, I think fairly genuinely, and then says that something about how super strength Sammy has been off the shelves for over a year. There's a lot of pinup demand. <laughs> Basically, Rebecca answers the the phone call that comes in and tells someone named Simone to call Sam later at home and then perhaps on her next visit to the States. (laughs) Oh, dear. So Sam tells Rebecca that she just cost him a roll in the hay. And she says, I owe you one, just kind of not thinking. And he says, you're on, takes her up on the offer. So she runs after him, protesting Mm -hmm. that she didn't mean it like that. Uh, I got to say that. This teaser was was probably my favorite part of the entire episode, to be quite okay. honest with you. I enjoyed it. I mm-hmm. thought it was fun. You know, one thing I'll say, and I think we, we might have hit on this before, but um, we're, what, three episodes into season six now? Mm-hmm. And they rely a lot on, and there's a lot to glean from um, Kirstie Alley's facial expressions. Yeah. Her character at this point is pretty dry in most respects. Mm-hmm. But... A lot relies on those facial expressions and her nonverbals, and mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed them. So I, I enjoy a situation where you can just see in her eyes, on her face, what's playing out on her mind. Not yes. that Shelley Long didn't do some of that; she did, but this is much more. It, I want to say, in one way, it's more obvious, and another way, you also have to be on the lookout for it, right? And you enjoy, you get a lot from it. Yeah, it's just like there's more going on than what she's stating. 
-hmm. and little bits of it come through her facial expressions as to what she might be thinking. Whereas I think with Diane, it's she would say something and her face matched what she was saying for the most part. Right. It was all out there. Yeah. It was just all out there. And you're right. There's more going on in her head, I think, with Rebecca. Yes. You yeah. Know, you just kind of get it seeps out a little bit with her face. But, right. you know, there's a lot going on that we don't necessarily see spelled out. And I think so. because I, I tend to like that sort of personality and I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that you have to kind of like watch and, oh, did you see the way she reacted to this? And you kind of have an idea of what's going on in that character's mind. And I think you see a little of that in Sam. And that's why I think that that sort of back and forth between them is already interesting at this point. Right. Because overall, like if you just looked at this on the surface in the scene, Sam's behavior is pretty reprehensible. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not awful. He's friendly and whatnot, but it's just he's being a cad. And he's right. kind of yeah. is, you know, in a number of points in these episodes. Um, yeah. But there is that just like the little like intonation in one of their voices or, you know, when he says that beneath the smarm is a lot of charm. And I think you know that it's, you know, he's messing with her. And if you just looked at the dialogue, you'd think like, oh, God, what a jerk, you know. But she does kind of grin. Like she knows there's more, a little more to him than just the way he's behaving. So mm-hmm. I just I like the way that that sets that up, because I think that there is just that in the expressions, there is that sense of, all right, but you know what? I still would like you to get out of my office right now. Right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed that. Anything else on that one? No, no, I think that's it. So when we start the episode proper, Norm is reading the newspaper, and he says that scientists have discovered... Oh, excuse me, let me amend. He is reading the tabloid newspaper. Um, He says that scientists have discovered a wild parrot that claims to be Elvis. And Cliff is unimpressed, and he's just like, so he's just, you know, kind of like, that's obvious. (laughs) Right. And at this point, the blonde lady walks out from the hallway. I'm sure that's not part of the script, but (laughs) I noticed her. I love that we're to the point where we notice her in every scene like she's a key part. No, it's true. And what I loved about this, she's walking out from the hallway. She's got a drink in hand. She waves to somebody. Probably directly to the camera. (laughs) Probably Probably so. I am ever on the hunt for any information about this woman. I just Mm -hmm. want everyone to know that. They probably already know that. But I, I am looking. I am trying Right. We've I mean, got to find out something. Staple. She's in yeah. every, uh, she's, she's everywhere. She's, and you know, what's funny. I'm sorry. I, I feel like I talk about her way no, too it's much, okay. but I am sorry. so fascinated by her. Um, compared to Al and um, um, Phil, I think it mm-hmm. is, it's Ray yep. Perlman's father. You know, they have lines, they have, you know, more prominent. She's never, at least to this point, featured in any sense. Like she doesn't have lines or anything, but she's there. I mean, yeah. You can't miss her. It'd be very hard to. And I just feel like, why don't we know anything about who this woman is? She's in so many. Like, of these how episodes. did that happen for so many years, like reliably on this show that was so popular, and yet there's not a lot known. And I don't know her. if I, I don't know if I mentioned this in another episode or just in a conversation with you and me, but um, there is a Cheers uh, subreddit on Reddit. There is a Cheers sub page i don't know what mm-hmm. you call it but a bunch of posts dedicated to that and someone posted this about this woman something like there she is being the ever mysterious blonde woman yeah Maybe we'll know something about her one day i loved it because other people are on to it yeah we'll figure yeah it it's out. like attention being paid that probably yeah. <laughs> wasn't initially yeah right. norm cliff and fraser too busy with the tabloid to bother with the mystery blonde woman and Fraser reprimands Norman Cliff for wallowing in this sensationalistic tripe, he calls it. 
I actually think this is a like a good point of the uh, good. Sorry, I think this is a good part of the episode. So he continues. He's like, it pains me to no end to see America's wits dulled and her morals abrogated by this opiate of the asses. <laughs> He's got his uh, vocabulary, his rye vocabulary going. Mm-hmm. And what I love, though, because he's, you know, I mean, he's going a little, not highbrow, but he's just sort of, I don't know, what would you call it? Like, just sort of like pulling his intellect on Norm and Cliff, both Mm -hmm. in what he's saying and then the content and the specific words he's using. And Norm really just does not miss a beat, I feel like, mentally, because he just tempts Fraser with an article on someone that's claiming to be Sigmund Freud's love child, (laughs) like in the very next moment. Um, Mm -hmm. And Fraser just puts down his beer. He grabs the paper, and he's completely into this. He exclaims that he'd heard that um, Freud betrayed Martha with his sister-in-law, but he never dreamed they were progeny. (laughs) (laughs) So it's almost like if you find that angle into like whatever tabloid interest someone has, you can get them. And for Mm -hmm. Fraser, that's what it was. Absolutely. So he looks back, he sees Norman Cliff chuckling, and then he calls them, you rapscallions, which of course yes. is, what was it, he's in the past, he's called them like, oh, you merry band, you know, he always mm-hmm. has something to say when they get him. So I thought that was a fun part. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have uh, Woody whistling along, Carla basically barks at him for whistling and tells him what's wrong with his life. And he says, boy, life really stinks and kind of keeps on whistling. So it's basically just introducing that Carla is cranky and in a bad mood. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which Sam notices. He asks if she's okay. She says she feels like puke. He says she's wearing the right uniform for it. So they really don't like the uniforms, which in itself, you know, we've heard them complain about the uniforms before and they trashed them in the teaser of the previous episode. This kind of sets up what happens in the next episode. So it's worth a mention there, even though like in itself, it's not a lot, but I think it does set up, mm-hmm. you know, the request from Sam that we'll get to in the next episode. But essentially, Carla is upset that as Eddie hasn't done anything about, as she puts it, having his bun in her oven. <laughs> and she says he's known since a week ago, which is interesting because that would mean that the premiere home as a sailor was about a week ago and so ion sports must have just taken place it's a little close timing but that's not to true too much yeah. right. right and the other thing i notice in this it's another background character i noticed that al is wearing glasses and he looks very dapper in his glasses i thought so that was just something <laughs> going on behind the main action there you go yeah well, oh al everybody <laughs> contributes something that's right so Eddie comes in. I think that Carla had referred to him as like an ice-eating geek or something like that, insulting him. And then he comes in, and she kind of melts. And she has a table of customers, but she goes up to them and tells them to write down what they want and hand it to Howdy Doody over there. And then it, from the bar, you see Woody like just wave, <laughs> give that kind of dumb smile <laughs> to the me. customers. Yeah. That's me. I'm Howdy Doody. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie is telling Carla what's going on with training, and he says that he's, you know, he's already here. He's there's so there's something he's want, been wanting to ask her, and he has some trouble getting into the question there. So, Carla is almost threatening him to ask her the question, and he gets the question essentially half-assed, like the "would you" part, um, and she climbs on the table, exclaiming yes and kissing him. So he wants to keep it quiet. Carla wants to tell just Sam, and he says that he guess that would be okay. So Carla runs across the bar to Sam, calling out, hey, Sam, me and Eddie are getting married. I think this is the part, not to like go back too much, but I think it's when Eddie is telling Carla about the difficulties with the training. 
Like he's having, he's like, he has to work really hard to keep up. There's a lot of competition around goalie. So it's, it's setting up that he's, you know, having to really work to keep up and having some difficulty on the team, it seems to me. Right. You know, mm, that's a good point. It's been point. a struggle. Yeah. So anyway, though, she, you know, runs around and tells Sam, Sam grabs some champagne, Woody gets glasses. And I noticed too, that Frazier runs around the behind the bar to help getting the, get the glasses. So I like mm. that. I like that he's, you know, kind of a part of that. Right. Wants to be a part of that celebration. And then Eddie makes a toast and he says he doesn't make his living using words. So his toast is, well, Carla, you know. You know. <laughs> I did like that bit. I did too. Well, I like everyone else kind of pausing and then repeating, well, you know. You know. <laughs> I also thought that it's amusing to me that Norm and Cliff are kind of like, they're almost like bystander participants. Like in this, in both of these episodes, the whole way through, but really just in the show with these sorts of things, they're sort of like whatever anyone has a significant life event, they're just kind of there watching and reacting. Right. And it, re- it made me think about how they're kind of in the same approximate place as they were when Sam and Diane announced at the beginning of season two that they were, what was it? Whatever Diane called it. Like, Basically that they were getting together, but it was something about like their aloneness or something, you know. Um, oh, I wish I could remember what she said. Oh, it was gosh. unnecessarily florid. It was. And I, <laughs> there was a time when I remembered it, I think, but it's it's been replaced with other things. Right. It'll come back in a minute, I'm sure. But they, they, they're kind of in the same place. This is just sort of a happy reaction. That was kind mm-hmm. of like confused reaction but it's just them reacting to these events in other people's lives and then i noticed the blonde lady is watching over by the jukebox always I, I watching right i won't mention her anymore i don't think they just had a couple of places where you say so no, you know it's that okay she's in that no it's yeah. great and she's there all the time i'm yeah, telling she's part you of the fabric of their lives she is i'll never forget that scene last thing when um oh my gosh it's um it's early in season five because they're recapping the whole Sam and Diane, you know, mm-hmm. Sam proposes, Diane turns him down, jumps off the sailboat kind of thing. Right. And she's serving the blonde lady and one of her many gentleman callers at the table. Uh-huh. And <laughs> and um, they're like, you know, it's like a recap of the previous episode, right. I think. And the woman's just sitting there looking right up at Diane, yes. like so engrossed with the whole thing. It's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> We need to do a great moments of the mystery blonde lady at some point to times we've noticed her. Oh, hell, she deserves her own episode at this down point. Down the line. Yes. Oh, I like special topics. And we're going we're gonna to figure out who she is. The we're reveal. Get to the oh, this is good. Yeah. Okay. Back at the bar, they discuss where Carla and Eddie should go for their honeymoon. Norm gets in, at, you know, one of his little stories. It's a pretty good joke about Vera tracking him down at a very romantic place in New Orleans. So he goes through the whole thing about being this place in New Orleans. And I don't remember the entire description, but it was basically like just how romantic, this cozy place and so forth. And then how he just wonderful time. And then Vera tracked him down. So <laughs> that's the punch, his punchline always. Right. And Eddie suggests Hawaii. Carla's thrilled, but says she hopes she can get some time off from the howitzer. So this is, you know, another name that Carla's come up with for Rebecca. We've had, what have we had before? Iron Maiden? Mm-hmm. I should remember, but she's had several. Over a very few episodes, she's had several <laughs> different derogatory names for Rebecca. This one's the howitzer. And Rebecca gives her a look. So she corrects Miss Howitzer. <laughs> and then Eddie says he doesn't want his wife working at a crumpy bar like this. And then he adds, no offense, Miss Howitzer. <laughs> <laughs> so Rebecca exasperated, corrects her, you know, him on her name. 
And Sam tells her to take it easy. They're just complimenting her big guns. Her big guns. Yeah. I just love the whole Sam and um, Rebecca dynamic where he's almost just like not trying to appease her, but but doing so kind of in like a backhanded way. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, they don't mean it. Right. I just like their whole dynamic, how he is with her. I do, too. I do, too. And I don't know what my impression was. I'm trying to remember back, like, I mean, I was 12, but what I first thought, because I'm sure that I didn't necessarily see the nuance in it that I do now, you know, because I'm sure I was just like, oh, he's just hitting her on her all the time, which he is. But the fact that there's a little more to it. And then also, you know, she gives as good as she gets as well. So here she just kind of has a little expression on her face and she kind of nods skeptically and so forth. So he's trying to calm her down, but he's also making a sexual comment right back and forth. (laughs) <laughs> and then I noticed too that like as the like the scene and the action moves back to Carla and Eddie, Sam's kind of smiles to somebody outside of the frame about the comment that he's just made. So it's just, always there's like little things going on. That mm-hmm. I think so. Anyway, Carla's talking about how she doesn't have to work. She's going to sit around all day eating peanut butter and watching her toenails grow. And Cliff says she's quite a catch, Ed. Not the funniest Carla and Cliff interaction by any means, but I noticed that Carla kind of gave Cliff a lingering look, which I thought was. It was good. Like, I think the expressions to me in this are almost a little bit more interesting than some of the lines, which is not always the case. But right. And Sam says he's going to miss her. He just immediately thinks that this is going to work out for her and she's not going to work there anymore and he's going to miss her and so forth, you know. And then they get into this discussion of superstition. Eddie and Carla are both very superstitious, as we've seen with Carla many times and with Eddie in the two-part episode where his character came into play. And they're planning their wedding around numerology. His lucky number is two. Hers is three. And so I think, doesn't Eddie say they could get married on the 23rd or the 32nd? Yes, so, yes, yes. Not the brightest light in the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> I think Carl has a line later about how he's dumb as a skate blade, but a great guy. That sort of applies here, too. <laughs> Sam says they're the two most superstitious people in the world. Carl says that's bad luck, too. Did you have anything else on that? That's kind of the setup of them planning their wedding. No, that was pretty much it. My notes actually kind of mirror yours on that point. Later on in the end of our recap, I want to come back to the whole superstitious idea and how they Mm. use that a lot in this episode and how they kind of rely on it a lot. I don't really, I don't know if I have a well-formed opinion on that, but I have Mm -hmm. an opinion on it. (laughs) Okay, no, that'll be great to talk about that. We get to the point when Sam volunteers to hold the wedding reception at Cheers. He's just so, I mean, some of the things that come through in this episode are the, like the character parts. And some of it's like how they are just really so genuinely who they were before. Like Sam is just so excited for this relationship. He's so excited for Carla. He's going to have this big party. He's kind of, I mean, he really is sort of in some ways the leader of the bar. And I feel like this is probably a discussion that we'll have going forward, but I think Rebecca's kind of seeing that, like, she is obviously, like, the manager and the leader in some ways, but he's kind of a, the people leader, if you will, you know, because right. he's saying they're going to have this reception at Cheers for Carla, and everybody's excited about it, because Sam's excited about them getting married, and he's kind of the one that would be the one that would get everybody together to do this. He recognizes that he's overstepped his bounds, and he says that Rebecca is going to hold the wedding reception <laughs> at Cheers. And then we have this little, another little back and forth with them when he convinces her to have the reception by suggesting maybe she might like to invite her boss, Mr. Drake, who Sam knows to be a sports fan. And he says, so I hear. <laughs> Which he heard, of course, when he was spying on her on the phone call. Right. Yeah. And says he might enjoy meeting Eddie LeBeck. 
And I, you know, Sam, I like I like this because it's Sam sort of thinking on his feet, and it's also an improvising. But he's kind of like it's a he's going to help her, but he's also going to get what he wants. But he's also going to help Carla. It's just I don't know. It's a playing all the angles. Interesting, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And it's an interesting. I think these things between them are interesting exchanges of like I need this, but you need that. So here's how we're going to make this work. So at this point, she's agreeing to the reception. She doesn't really want to admit that it's he's come up with this idea. I think she says something about, what was it, like the smiling. He's like, well, what were you going to say to me? And she's like, I was going to tell you to smile more. And then she says, oh, I didn't yes, say yes, smugly. Yes, yes. Right, right. She yeah. kind of, in that moment, like, she doesn't really know what she's, she kind of knows that he's on to her, what her attraction with, with her boss and everything. Yeah. And yeah. So now we have a little interlude back on the tabloids. Cliff points out that the weekly Gabbers odd couple of the month is <laughs> it's just it's kind of funny. It's a 480-pound woman and a 92-pound man that are a couple. And so they have this discussion about this married couple. And I think like Woody says something about it's a cute baby he's holding. They say it's her arm. I mean, it's just it can be throwaway. It's not necessary, but it's something you could see them discussing at the bar, I think. Right. Oh, yeah. definitely. So Carla is telling Sam the specifics of the wedding. Like when it's going to take place, every all the alignments. Her psychic has approved all of this. It's going to be in eight days, though. So she's worried that Eddie is going to change his mind. And she says something about him concentrating. Like he's, like he's deep in thought. She looks over and he's kind of has his head down. He's hanging out with Norman Cliff, though. So in how much deep thought can he be? <laughs> it's almost like he's marrying into the Cheers family. It's like they're acclimating him to the way that they are. So, exactly. He basically like raises his head, and they have him holding quarters in his eye sockets. <laughs> so it's a he's learning the bar tricks that we've heard so much about in the past. Yes. So Rebecca, they're getting it's a little bit later. Rebecca is um, it's a wedding day. Sorry, I'm skipping ahead here. It's a wedding day. Rebecca is kind of nervously surveying the reception table, wanting to know if everything's right and so forth. Woody's over there with her. And there's this joke about the napkins that I think she said Eddie had brought. Or no, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Woody said Eddie had brought. Feature a hillbilly with a shotgun and a we didn't want to get married, we had to joke on there. And she basically has him get rid of the napkins. And she asked him about the cinnamon almond decaf coffee. Did he get the coffee? And he asked, who likes that? So Rebecca says, Evan does. Everyone does. <laughs> 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 and Woody figures out that she likes her boss. Mm-hmm. Norm is getting a deal. He tells everybody he's getting a deal from his buddy Bruce on the silverware that Carla wanted. It's two thirds off the catalog price. I mean, this is just what we've seen before from Norm, just like with the wedding ring and Diamond Sam. <laughs> That's he right. gets discounts on these high end products. Yep. I liked that. I like the continuity of that. That Norm is always thinking of the like the business angle or the financial discount, <laughs> what kind of deal they can get, and that episode what was it Fraser said the thing to Norm about how Diane wouldn't want to know that her wedding ring came from someone that begins every transaction with pst buddy yes <laughs> and then he... <laughs> oh that's great yeah I forgot about that yeah and then this Norm says that if anyone asks them they've never heard of Bruce they can't find their receipt for the silverware and if they see Norm on the street call him Larry so <laughs> similar similar mm-hmm Sam is mixing the, his good luck wedding punch. She thinks it's going to help Carla and Eddie due to their superstitious natures. And Woody asks, it's the same stuff he made when he's getting married to Diane. So Sam has Woody flush that out. I was wondering too, and I can't remember, but like, are they using the same decorations from Diane and Sam's 
wedding that never was. It kind of, I don't know. It made me wonder because it sort of looks like it might be similar. Oh, that would be so great if they like specifically had mentioned, hey, isn't this like, like, you know, Sam says something, these look familiar. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, if they called it out, that would have been fantastic. I have to go back and watch. So Carla comes to the bar. She's just kind of dressed in sweats. She comes to the bar to get her last check. Rebecca is grumpy because Carla expects the check to be ready right away. Rebecca's grumpy telling Carla all the things that she is arranging to the wedding reception would be just perfect for her. Carla doesn't care. She wants her checked like right then and there. She's in great spirits though about like all the planets and constellations being in perfect alignment on their wedding day. And the the next perfect day is in 2042. So they have to get married that day by 4 p.m. or wait until 2042. And then Sam, Sam and Carla have this discussion about how she managed a church wedding, which is, it's kind of, I feel like it's interesting, but it doesn't really go anywhere. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's, true. A little, it's a Nick joke. Because they talk about how she had her marriage to Nick annulled years ago, and it took a long time, but Nick tried to sell the Bishop's Watch, so it sped things along. So it's like <laughs> a, you know, I don't know. I found it to be a mildly amusing joke about Nick, but I was just like, where? It doesn't really go Where anywhere. does this conversation right. go in there? No, know? it doesn't really. I could see two people in life, like Sam would be curious about this and conversations go nowhere. But just in mm-hmm. the telling of this story, I'm sort of like, I don't want to be like negative at this point in this, but it just seems like there were a number of things like that that didn't necessarily add a tremendous amount of flavor. Because it's not like it all has to go toward the plot, but yeah. it doesn't add to the spice of the episode, but it also isn't progressing the plot, if that makes sense. No, it does. You're right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of just thrown to in To me, there. that was one of them. Yeah. 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 And it seems like there is a lot of plot as well. So we see the next part, Cliff sees Eddie coming on the stairs and mentions the superstition that everyone knows of the bride not seeing the, uh, or sorry, the groom not seeing the bride before the wedding day. Mm -hmm. So Eddie comes in, he sees Carla, and they both scream. And then just as an aside, I have to say, I like that everyone is dressed, ready and waiting for the wedding, even as they're sitting there at cheers. It's like they've come to cheers dressed to go to the wedding. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just there, like, doing their normal thing, but they're all dressed for the wedding. (laughs) It's like it's their home base or something. It truly is, isn't it? It is. It is. So Eddie says he was, um, or he is planning to meet his mother at Cheers, and Carla is just floored that they've blown it by breaking the biggest superstition of all. Sam tries to kind of intervene, kind of talk her down a bit. It's interesting that Eddie is meeting his mother at Cheers. I guess that's just where you meet your family members though it's like Fraser met his mother at Cheers Zion's mom met her at Cheers like all these people in the past they've come to the bar you know right so. <laughs> it's just how that goes so Eddie decides he's not gonna be superstitious anymore and then he violates a lot of superstitions there's a whole scene at the bar he starts by breaking Sam's mirror which is a big one and then spills salt all over the bar and Carla is trying to make up for this and at this point the phone rings Woody's trying to answer it. Carla tells him not to, and he answers anyway, which is another theme between these episodes. It's like Woody answering a phone that someone else doesn't want him to answer because it might be bad luck. So there is some like parallelism Mm -hmm. um, in there that, you know, you can appreciate, I think. It's Carla's doctor on the phone. She's having twins. (laughs) Eddie is thrilled. They're having twins. Carla does not seem so thrilled. Sam is thrilled by the idea (laughs) Of twins. Of twins. Just period, yeah. Yes. Eddie says that you can just overcome any obstacle that comes their way. So at this point, or somewhere near this point, Anthony and Annie, Carla's son and daughter-in-law, come in. Anthony is in full, I would say, like full Nick Tortelli mode. He's like a young oh my, Nick. He is. He looks exactly like him. He truly. 
yeah, yeah. It's, it's speaking wild. like him it's yep, a whole yep. attitude yeah mm-hmm. they've come for the wedding but then also nick's tv repair shop in i think it was in las vegas basically went out of business so they don't have work they don't have a place to live and they want to live in carla's home and annie i think says at some point that they didn't think that las vegas was a um, a good place for children to grow up I thought that was a good line from her. Mm-hmm. And then Carla and says something like, oh, you're having babies? No, we kids. meant us. You know? Right. <laughs> she, I like Annie's self-awareness of like their position in life. Mm-hmm. That they say, mm-hmm. no, we're kids. Are you kidding? Right. There's just, there's something that's, I, I don't know. There's something about Annie that I like in that regard. I love how Annie calls her Mother Tortelli. It's just, <laughs> I love her <laughs> yes. Mother Tortelli. You know, just yes, that whole, yeah. Yeah, I do too. But they've got their usual dramatic thing going on. Anthony is saying that he's like has to be there for his mother's wedding and whatnot. Eddie is just like, oh, it's and they're gonna like, need to live in the with Carla. And Eddie's saying he's gonna get a salary bump. He's gonna buy a new house and so forth for all of them when that happens. And then Eddie's trying. To, he's trying to be nice to Anthony and build a relationship with him. And Anthony tells him he'll never be his father. He's kind of in his face about it. And so then he walks off and then Annie, what is that line she has about how he has like the hot passion or something of his race and she has the envy of every woman she knows. <laughs> Carla says Anthony's the nicest kid that she has. So things are not looking good. Right. And that's another scene. I don't know. What did you think of that? I enjoyed some of the laughs with Annie and, and Anthony, yeah. but I don't know. It, it almost like, like they set it up and you're not quite sure where it's going to go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, why is he so antagonistic toward Eddie? It doesn't really make, I don't know. I feel like that's not very well justified. And they pick it up a little bit in the second part, but not dramatically. It doesn't really right. go anywhere. That's all I really thought about it. I guess it's just another bad event, supposedly, that's happening. I agree. They're piling it on. Yeah, they're piling yeah. everything that, that could go wrong. Suddenly. This, this, the, the universe is in totality is against them. Right. By extension, her kids, his family, all that. Yeah. No. So Rebecca comes out. She hands Carla her final paycheck and she tells her she has been a unique employee and says it's going to be difficult to <laughs> fill her uniform. A unique employee. Mm-hmm. It's high praise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So Eddie's mom comes in. She's The way I described her is kind of old world. <laughs> yes, she is. Definitely. Sort of old world in her dress and comportment. She does not speak English. She speaks French. And she mistakes Rebecca for Carla. Carla and Rebecca are standing very near each other at the bar. So Eddie says something about Carla. And I do like the way that his mother like shoves her purse <laughs> into Eddie's arms, mm-hmm. runs over. She grabs and kisses Rebecca. And Eddie tries to dissuade her and say, like, oh, no, 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 this is Carla. And her, his mother's like, oh, no, and like hugs Rebecca. It's just like mm-hmm. hanging on her. So then Rebecca corrects her and turns her around, introduces Eddie's mom to Carla. And his mother's having none of it, doesn't like it. She is uh, saying something unflattering in French, and she leaves. So Carla asks Fraser to interpret what Eddie's mother had said. And the gist is that Eddie's mom said that she won't allow the marriage to a pregnant hussy that's trying to entrap her son. Carla somehow takes this in stride. Her mood <laughs> is improved, and she's convinced now that they can conquer bad luck. But at this point, Eddie, and she's kept thinking, she kept thinking, she says every time something happened, she kept thinking that he would say the wedding's off. And it basically just says the wedding's off, convinces yeah. her that he means it, and he leaves. And her moods are rather, I, I guess that's one thing with this episode. It's like, I just don't feel like there was time for someone to go through those emotional changes in a believable way. It's one comment mm-hmm. I would make at the outset. 
Hmm. That's a fair point, actually. It's, I don't know. It just almost seemed to me that it was, okay, we have to have, like, this happen here and that happen here and that happen here. Like, with, especially with Carla. It's like, so she's going to go from angry at the beginning to very happy. And that makes some sense because she sees hap- Eddie and she's in love with him. So she kind of was emotional. And then sure. just but the back and forth with some of the superstition stuff, just changing track that quickly, just mm-hmm. based on the content of what needs to happen in the script. It's almost like I'm watching that like develop, and I don't think that that's necessarily the most absorbing way to watch an episode. That's a great way Does of putting it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it is. You're, you're like you're like you're just seeing the rough draft of the script on on the page in front of you. It's so by you know paint by numbers, and yeah. it's yeah. No, I completely agree. I mean. Did we reach the end of this episode? I'm sorry. I don't want to. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. So that, pardon me. No, it's okay. I just want to make sure. The end is Eddie saying the wedding's off. And then Carla says like, but you never said it. Because she had imagined he was going to say it. He never Mm -hmm. did. And then he said it. And she says, but you never said it. And then it has the to be continued. That is the the temporary end. It's the end of part one. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's get into this episode a little bit. Like our, our reaction to it. This one was, I was bored. I, I was mm-hmm. bored. There weren't a lot of great lines. There weren't a lot of really funny bits that stood out. There's always some, as I've said before. There's always something you can glean from any episode. Mm-hmm. But this one, I don't know. Like, But you, the way you said it really brings it to life for me. It, it just feels like you're reading a script. Like, this happened, this happened, and, and there's... What connects the, 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 the scenes, the little bits together, is not very, it doesn't flow very well. Right. You know? It right. just seems like, you know, we just have a bunch of seer, a bunch of scenes stacked up against one another. Mm-hmm. That's what it seems like to me, too, for the most part. Like, the, some of the little character beats aside, and I think that those are sort of almost the stronger parts. Well, they, I, I think they are the stronger parts than the mm-hmm. wedding storyline. Even like the Norman Cliff and Fraser carrying, like all of that, even like the, you know, Woody whistling, whatever it is, like just those little moments that are sort of flowing through are fine. Mm-hmm. The Sam and Rebecca parts kind of figuring out the reception and they're going back and forth and whatnot. But the the way it's done, it's almost like, cause I feel like they're trying to build it to be, here are these things that are happening with Carl and Eddie are superstitious. It's like, no, really, they're very superstitious. Yeah, exactly. And they kind of like keep up with that. Yeah. And then... You know, you want to have like the buildup of that and then you start to see the the fallout of these events happening. But it's just, <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's too much, but it's not enough at the same time because there's no, it doesn't necessarily need a lot of development, but it's just like this event, that event, that event. Like we we're talking about like the script, like you said, like the, sort of like you're watching him playing like a rough draft of a script, but then that's kind of what you get. It's like characters enter, characters leave with yeah. Anthony and Annie. Because I do think... I wouldn't want to see them all the time, but I do think that they are sort of like part of the spice of cheers or they could be, but mm-hmm. in this, it is like they kind of come in, they have their piece and then they leave, you know, yeah. it's like they have the phone call from the doctor and then they have Anthony and Annie and they have Carla's uh, or sorry, Eddie's mother come in and meet Carla, like that kind of thing. It's just, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what you need to do differently. And I feel like I, like, again, like I think I understand what they were trying to do because you kind of have the Carla's kind of negative and then she has all of this hope in this wedding and they've built it to this perfect ideal with all of the all of their perfect alignments and everything yeah. according to the numerology and the superstitions that they have and so forth and like everything has gone well and she's in a great mood and then like one thing knocks that off balance and then you start to see like the fallout of that but it's just it's not carried out in a way that's compelling 
yeah. to watch. No, that's or it. Even that's that it. funny, you know. Right. You know what's happening. You, I mean, there's no concern about that. It's just, yeah, it's not compelling and it's not that funny. Mm-hmm. And back to the whole superstitious angle. I mean, we've seen that before, but this, it just, it just, th- you know, really drills it in deep for this one. And, yeah. and I don't know. I guess I, not that I don't buy the fact that Carla can be superstitious. I do. But, I don't know. It just doesn't work for me as as right. the, the 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 single most important plot device that this episode relies on. I don't right. care about it that much. Right. I don't really get it myself, and I feel like it's just a little far fetched. But I think it's too. It's like what you said. It's a plot device, and I think I don't know. Maybe this like comes more full circle after part two. But I think that from the entire thing, and I think part two has other things going besides the superstition. Although they, I think they kind of fall back on that at times as well. But yeah. I think more could have come from it. Like, it's fine that they used it, but more kind of could have come from the superstition theme in terms of, like, what's the meaning of superstition? How is this impacting people? Because you see it, but again, like, you just see it as a plot device. And if we think back to season two with fortunes and men's weights with this, remember the scale that yeah. Coach bought? Uh-huh. I just think that was a deeper exploration of, like, the nature of superstition and how it played out. And it was one episode... It was funny. It had other, you know, I mean, I don't, not to dive too deeply back into that. Like, I don't love the ending and the drama of it, but the episode before the whole, like, Sam and Diane drama at the end, when you're seeing how they all become involved in superstitious parts of the scale and how that plays out in their lives and the discussion around that, like, I really Mm -hmm. thought that that was very well done. So I don't think that superstition is bad at all as a theme. I just think that the way that it's used here is really shallow. No, I agree. I mean, because their whole marriage hinges on these superstitious details, right? Which planets in alignment and all that. Whereas with Fortune and Men's Weight, it was more of a, I don't know, a little bit more of a comic device, right? I mean, it wasn't tied into someone's marital status, you know? It wasn't given that weight, I guess. There were some philosophical aspects to that, too. It was funnier and more philosophical, whereas Mm -hmm. I think that this episode... It's almost cliche, like here are these people that are very superstitious and they're supposed to realize that superstition doesn't matter because they really love each other and that's what it's about is just the choices they make. You know, like that kind of, like I can just see that writing on the wall like through it. A lot of drama. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of drama around the two of them and everything and that's... Yeah. I really like Carla as a character and I think there's sometimes when she's at a little bit more of a center of an episode and it works or she has a central role. I don't think it does here. Like I don't think that she's carrying this episode very strongly i mean i don't i think rhea perlman is doing the best job that she can with the script but i just don't think that it's really serving the merits of that character all that well i agree with that and i'll say more on this when we are done with with coverage of part Part two two. but this episode kind of prompted me to look back on more carla centric episodes Mm. that we've gotten Mm mm-hmm and and i don't mean this as a as a slight against the character because i do love the character but the episodes where we bring in her family, we bring in... I, for some reason, they're right. not really my favorites. Right. I agree with that. I like her more in the side role. Mm-hmm. And I don't want I don't want her being the one-trick pony throughout a, throughout a slight, throughout a... Right. Because that just becomes one-dimensional. So I don't... Yeah. And I don't think that she is, but... Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt what you're going to say. No, there. no. I, I, I don't want to like contradict myself too much here. But I just feel like... A lot of the episodes we've gotten to this point involving her children or or whatever the case may be where she Mm -hmm. takes center stage, a lot of them have not been, I don't know, they've just not stood out to me as like ones I've been particularly 
fond of. Right. I should say. Yeah, I agree with that. To me, it's not, I don't think it's bad. You know, I mean, I do, no, like, I enjoy, no, I enjoy no. aspects of it. I enjoy some of the character parts and so forth. I just think as a story and as an episode overall, it's not strong. And it yeah. could have been mm-hmm. a little stronger. Yeah. So, so what is your, I have I to do. tell you, like, my, I, my rating scheme for these two is still up in the air. I just can't quite mm-hmm. put together thoughts and how they should balance. So what did mm-hmm. you decide? I'm going to give this overall uh, a two. Mm-hmm. A two, I and I again, it just, I just found it overall kind of plotting. A few good lines here and there. I like the yeah. teaser, but overall, I just, I was a little bored. I didn't have a lot that really stood out to me that I really enjoyed um, for part one specifically. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a two. Okay, I like it far better than. I mean, not, we haven't really had that many twos. No, I think no, I've no, only no, given yeah. one, one, and I would say I like it better than any other two that we might have given a two too. Yeah, but I don't think it's as good as some of the threes. And then if I give this, just spoiler alert, if I give this a three, then that means the next one would have to be a four, and I don't think it's four. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's I'm just uh, that's kind of what I was working through too. We need something in between a two and a three. Mm-hmm. But if we're going with ca- categories rather than you know <laughs> decimals, let's say. I guess, oh gosh, I hate to do this. I guess I would have to, part of it though is like, I know a few that I like less than this, this season. Uh-huh. And so I don't want to like, but I wouldn't put them at one. So I don't want to give this a two and there's also a two, but I'm going to have to say like a very high two. Okay. Yeah. If we were doing Sorry, halves, you so would like, give it a two and a half, basically. If we did yeah, half stars, you give it two and a half stars. That's fair. Like, I, I don't, yeah. I don't dislike it. I don't think it's, mm-hmm. I don't think it's boring. I just think that it's. For all of the events that transpire, there's not a lot going on. And I think Uh that what happens in the setup in this, in many, many episodes that are better, they can get a lot done. Like five minutes in, you're like, wow, it's not been crowded or hurried. And yet we have the entire episode set up and some great jokes already told. And in this one, it's kind of like you go through the whole episode to have the content of what you might get in a few minutes of Mm -hmm. a better one. Yeah. No, I think that's a great way of putting it. I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot that happens, and yet it's also like, well, how, you know? <laughs> right. So, no, right. I, it's it's a, it's a unique episode. By no means a terrible episode. It's just when you've seen how great it can be, it's it's like, oh, this doesn't quite measure up. It's not even right. Okay, well, on to part two, which will be a little bit different. Yes. That will do it for us today. You can find us on Facebook, Norm, a Cheers podcast, and on Twitter at Cheers underscore Norm. You can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and Spotify. Leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome to Norm, a Cheers podcast. We're co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. We are your hosts, Marlene Stimmy and Andy Blaker. How's it going tonight, Andy? Good evening. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. We are completing 
the second of a two-parter, episode four of season eight, Little Carla Happy at Last, part two. And this one, as was the first one, is written by Cherie Eichen and Bill Steinkellner. It was directed by James Burroughs, and it aired on October 22nd of 1987. So in the first episode, Carla and Eddie are getting married, and we see sort of the fallout of their superstitions around marriage and everything else in life in that episode. And so we pick up with their wedding on the rocks after a series of unfortunate superstition-laden events that culminate in Eddie's mother forbidding him to marry Carla. And as the wedding goes, so goes the reception, which panics Rebecca because she has concocted this entire reception and invited her boss, who's also her love interest. So Sam says that he can get the wedding back on track with the promise of one small favor, which is that Rebecca will let them ditch the uniforms that they wear to work. So Sam and his assigned team of helpers intervene, and they basically run errands to reunite Carla and Eddie and get them married by the propitious and numerologically significant time of 4 p.m., and then present a successful wedding reception at Cheers. So that is the goal that they are going for in this episode, and everything pretty much runs toward whether or not that's going to happen or not. Right. Yeah. When we start, they have a little recap, and then we start with Norm coming in with a brown paper bag <laughs> of silverware from his contact and source, Bruce, and he just kind of tosses it on the bar. You hear it clanking. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's so excited about the bargain. And we've seen this before. Like, Norm will get a business idea and give, or any idea and get kind of excited about it, which is a, it's an interesting part of Norm. So I'm glad we see a little bit of that. Um, at this point, though, Sam tells Norm that the wedding's called off. Eddie's mom met Carla, and that kind of was the end of it. And then Norm says that hate at first sight is the law part of mother-in-law. <laughs> then Cliff announces it's pathetic to see a man so tied to his mother's apron strings. And at this point, Woody tells Cliff his mother called and said she couldn't make it for dinner. And Cliff complains that he made a casserole, and what's he supposed to do? Just throw it all away? <laughs> so he like stomps down the hall and he hits something on the mm. wall in frustration as he walks away. That is our teaser. What did you make of it? I enjoyed the teaser. I like how it kind of recaps things and yet mm. introduces some fun little element, like with Cliff. Yeah. Very, very telling to his character, I think. It is. It is. I think the Cliff and his mom humor is not my favorite thing in the whole world, but I think the way that it all kind of built to that is pretty good. Right. And then just seeing a little bit more, like I said, of Norm coming in. He kind of, he came through on the silverware. Everything else is pretty much gone to hell, but Norm got his bargain on the silverware (laughs) for them. That's right. Yeah. So we start the episode with Rebecca. She paces out of her office and she says that Carla, the bride, is in her office wanting the groom to die of festering boils. And so Sam says it's the usual prenuptial jitters. Rebecca's worried that Mr. Drake, her boss, is going to show up for a reception. Sam convinced her to plan this reception. If there's no reception, she's going to have egg all over her face. (laughs) She's an expression. Yes. Um, Cliff interjects that Complexion experts swear by the egg facial, saying it tightens one's pores. <laughs> and Rebecca turns around and looks at Cliff. And, like, back again, I feel like we're going to come back to this over and over on her expression. She kind of has, like, her hand sort of, like, on her face and her throat. And she just kind of gives him this look. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he says her pores look pretty tight already. Yep. Oh. I love that bit. I did, too. That was funny. It was a good, like... Because I don't think that Cliff and Rebecca have really interacted much at all. So it's like a, a good little entry into that, I think. Mm-hmm. And then Sam tells Rebecca he can get the wedding back on track under one condition. 
And of course they had the little play of like her saying, you know, you do this, you can get, have anything you want. He's like, really? You know, <laughs> but she says, accept that. She's exasperated. He just wants to get rid of the uniforms and she protests, but she finally gives in says they can ditch the uniforms if he can get this wedding going and get the reception back on board. Next, we have the entire scene or scenario of Sam getting the wedding back on track. So he's assigning everybody a task. I kind of like this, you know, when he's like kind of going around like, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Woody's going to call the church and tell them the wedding's running late. Cliff is going to find Eddie. Norm is assigned to go to the office and make sure Carly doesn't trash it. And you could see him like kind of protesting a little bit. He's just happy on his bar stool. He didn't want to get yeah. up. <laughs> right. I think Sam even says like, yes, you. <laughs> Frazier has to go to pick and really like Norm has one of the like, physically easier tasks he doesn't have to go anywhere really except to the mm -hmm. office whereas Frazier has to go and pick up Carla's wedding gown so Rebecca tells she's been watching this she tells Sam all oh, this is well and good but how is he going to get the bride and groom back together and I love this part he says he's going to rely on his wits <laughs> I'm like well you're halfway there halfway there <laughs> yes that was a great line it was and just her delivery of that line it was good too <laughs> So Woody tells Sam they have to hurry. The church has this packed itinerary for the day, like all these different kind of some odd event, not odd, but some diverse events. Mm -hmm. And then Woody adds at the end that um, he's thinking of becoming Catholic. <laughs> so Cliff comes back with Eddie, who is dead set against marrying Carla. He says it's against his mother's wishes. And he thinks Carla's right about the superstitions. Since, ever since he saw her on their wedding day, they've had nothing but bad luck. And then Sam says, I happen to think it's bad luck to be a jerk to the woman you're in love with. Mm. I really loved that part. I did too. It kind of just like brought him down to earth, you know, like, mm. hey, snap out of it kind of yeah. thing. I like that. But it's also like what Sam's real motivation is, I think, with all of this too, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's, it was a, I thought it was like a very good heartfelt part. Yeah. And I also think that it sort of goes with Sam's general, I would say, sort of disavowal, maybe not disapproval, but disavowal of superstition in favor of personal decision making. You know, like mm -hmm. they're making this happen and they need to stop it. Right. So right. Eddie agrees to talk to Carla. So Sam runs toward the office. He has a lot of running in the early bit of this episode. Rebecca inadvertently sets Sam up to make a come on here. She asks how it's going and she says, pretty good. And she says, it better or my butt's in a sling. So he <laughs> asks if there's room in there for two. And you can kind of see her like, Roll her eyes and slink over. It's like, imagine she's just disappointed with herself. <laughs> she opened the door for that. So again, like you have the beginning of this back and forth. She's going to get him on something or really like he's going to get her. She's going to get him. And it's just kind of goes back and forth. It seems. Yeah, to me. yeah, definitely. So Carla's in the office. She's breaking pencils that Norm is handing to her. And he's kind of jumping out of her way. <laughs> Not get hit by the wrath of Carla. And she's like proclaiming each one of the pencils to be one of Eddie's body parts. Norm runs out when Sam comes in and Carla says that Eddie has become a wuss and Sam tells her what's important is that the wuss came back and he wants Carla to talk to him and he compares Eddie to because she asks like what is it she asks like if he looks all like sad not sad and pathetic but it was some description like that and he asks if she's ever seen a puppy in the rain <laughs> <laughs> so he's really laying it on thick here mm -hmm. so now we have this whole like back and forth Sam is talking Sam is going to talk to Eddie. Eddie is walking out um, saying that Carlo would tear his head off if he tried to talk to her. And then Norm nearby says that she wouldn't stop at his head. So Sam stops Eddie, gets him situated, and goes to get Carla. 
And then we have Frazier come in with Carla's wedding gown. So he's doing his part to make all this work. Like everybody's chipping in. Woody has a phone call from Father Barry saying the next wedding party is stacking up in the vestibule. I think, didn't Frazier say something about, he has some funny report about like what happened on the bus with the dress about like the, like interesting looks and an interesting invitation or something. Yeah, like yeah, an interesting, uh-huh. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I like that. Um, <laughs> so you have the banter going on. You have Woody talking to Father Barry about, asked like, what was it like, if there any membership dues to be a Catholic Sam mm-hmm. has talked to Eddie, but he then he's he's then talked to Fraser and talked to Woody. He says he can't talk on the phone to Father Barry because he has to talk to Eddie. And then he remembers he just talked to Eddie and has to talk to Carla. And then he turns to Rebecca and he's like, Carla? And she says, mm-hmm, and points to the office. <laughs> There's something about that that I love, too. Like, she's just kind of there attending to all of it and pointing him mm-hmm. in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. It's he's almost, just so befuddled and yeah. lost by it all. But it's almost like a weird partnership where she's the one that's like, I'm just going to see how this works. And he's running all over the place trying to make this happen. So there's the, I don't want to say competition, but there's, the, you know, a little bit of a chafing to it. But there's mm-hmm. also sort of a cooperation. I don't know. I just I just find them very interesting. So, she, yeah, she's kind of keeping track of him running back and forth. So Woody's on the phone with Father Barry. Frazier's got the gown. Sam is now talking to Carla. And this is kind of how it goes. I wouldn't say it's like at farce level, but it's just a lot of zany activity, basically. Carla wants Eddie to beg. Sam says they don't have time for this nonsense. And he's trying to get Carla to try on the wedding gown in case she wants to get married someday. Years from now, he says. And then she says she might not be pregnant then. (laughs) And he doubts that. So Sam basically waves Eddie over to the office. Carla comes out in the gown. Sam flatters her. I think he's sincere, but it's flattering. I noticed that her dress has feathers in it. (laughs) (laughs) And so Sam is kind of putting all this together. Eddie sees Carla in the wedding gown and is sort of overtaken. He wants to hurry, get to the church so they can get married before four. So that's a lot that just happened in probably a couple minutes of episode time. It's pretty manic. I mean, it really is. It's just nonstop for a lot of this episode. Yeah. I tried to cover it all, like, plot-wise. I don't know, did, did anything else that you wanted to mention? No, that? I think you did. I mean, I think you really did. It, it. It is very much kind of like a play-by-play, but I don't know. In one way, it seems like such a vast improvement on part one. There's mm-hmm. a lot happening, but it flows so much better, you know? Yeah. It, it, it just it has an energy to it that's unique, I think, to, to this being part two. Yeah. I think part of it is like everybody is involved in this project together. I think part of it is Sam is leading it and he just is bringing that energy to it. You know, like right. running around getting this one to do that and that one to do that. And then kind of like consulting with Rebecca, like, is this what's going on? Okay, this is what's going on. And Yeah, so I definitely think there's a more natural progression to all of the admittedly large number of things that are happening. That's a good point because, you know, whereas he was kind of just a passive participant in part one, right? Yeah. Everything was happening because of Carla, because of Eddie. You know, um, everything was happening to them and everyone else was kind of just watching this happen. And when they actually take an active role, it really steps up the quality. That is a fantastic point. I think that's exactly what it was. I think you have the people, if things are happening to them and yeah, the other people, they're just watching it. And now you have the people that are driving the activity. And everyone has a part to play, yes. you know, as, yes. as we'll see with the reception and everything. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I do think that's what it is. The overall part of what's making the episode flow better. It looks like the wedding's on. They're heading off to the church. 
Sam strips off the vest of his uniform in victory. She's like, Duh. what does he say? Hot dog. Throws it on the floor. <laughs> and then Rebecca rolls her eyes, which is, of course, I'm just going to say this for the next six seasons. One of my favorite things ever. And I think that 12-year-old Marlene just was like, this is good. This is me. <laughs> Idolize her, right? Right. Yeah. Do what she does. Exactly. So... Sam asked, of course he asked if she wants to, if he would care, not if she wants, if she would care to help him with his pants. <laughs> so she's just standing there. She's watching him dump drinks on the vest and basically like shuffle it around on the floor with his feet and dance mm-hmm. on it and so forth. I can't really describe her expression. She's not amused, but she's not really angry. She's just kind of observing with interest, I would say. Woody is now on the phone again with the church, so they've called. They had to go ahead with the other wedding, and they canceled Carla and Eddie's wedding. So at this point, Carla is despondent. She said, I knew it. You know, it sits down on the floor. So it's like, to your point, I mean, things are happening to her. It's not that she's doing something. It's just like, oh, all this bad stuff has happened. Mm-hmm. So across the bar, Sam is like in the process of unbuttoning his the shirt of his work uniform. You wonder if like he is he really going to strip down out of the entire thing <laughs> right there in the bar? Because <laughs> right. it sure looks like it. But he pauses, and he kind of focused on Carla and Eddie and their disappointment. And Sam looks really disappointed for them. And at this point, Rebecca walks around the bar towards Sam carrying a pair of tongs with which she methodically kind of casually plucks his, or I shouldn't say casually, right, what, how would you describe it? Just picks his vest. It's just something in the, the physical expression of the, uh-huh. the vest too. Right. Almost gingerly, right? Like she's just dipping in and, and going yeah. to pluck it she's out. Not yeah. it. It's just like she's just no. picking up the vest. Yeah. Like, like slowly making a point of it. Like, oh, you know. Mm-hmm. Look mm-hmm. what you did. Yeah, I love that. And extends it to him with the tongs and tells him uh-huh. you're out of uniform. <laughs> I love that. It was fantastic. The tongs are just. <laughs> I could see I'm just not like, gonna been, I'm not gonna lower myself to be to I'm sully my hands it. with this nonsense. Here, take care of. Right, kind of but thing. she's also not <laughs> pitching a fit and like, well, look what has happened, and you pick up your uniform. No, 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 no. She just takes care of it as so it goes, and she uh-huh. gets the tong. She's not gonna touch it. She just picks it up, right. hands it to him, mm-hmm. and he nods. He kind of nods mildly. <laughs> I love that. And it worked. I think it works really well. It's a great comic moment on its own, but it's just well-timed after that sort of dramatic beat of Carla and Eddie's thwarted wedding. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. I love it. I mean, I know it's small. I hate to keep carrying on about it, but it's just, it's, I think it's creative. It's not something yeah. we've really seen yeah. before, but it suits her perfectly. We are seeing a scene in the church. It's kind of really differently filmed. It's a crowd of people we don't know that are at Carla and Eddie's wedding. And you can hear Norm and Cliff and Fraser talking, but we don't see them. Mm-hmm. Um, Cliff says it was nice of the Monsignor to let Carla and Eddie get married in the rectory chapel and then Norm says it was nice of them to buy all the raffle tickets so they basically bought out the place essentially so that Carla and Eddie could get married <laughs> Frazier makes some comment about what was it about the crowd he says it's like quelled in the desire he's had to visit Tokyo was the point of that which was yes. like kind of off the wall but right yeah just remarking on how crowded it is yeah. everyone kind of pack like sardines into that space which he imagines is tokyo right right and i think people talked more about japan at that time too like the Mm -hmm. japanese economy especially it's not like they had that much on tears about it but i think just like in the news japan was much more in the news at that time so i could kind of it makes a little more sense i guess like looking at it not that it has to make sense but like why tokyo i think that it's just tokyo is more 
of a discussion. It would have had more resonance back then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. We get to the it's the joke about Carla's name, basically. Like the priest is starting the vows and Eddie and Carla are not there. It's like what is he like, Eddie, do you get Carla? Carla, where's Eddie? Where's Carla? Like they can't find them. They're <laughs> shuffling through the crowd and the priest is going through the vows and you hear the clock strike 4 p.m. The priest is still reading Carla's full name, which like we don't even hear the, all of it. It's Carla, Maria, Victoria, Angelina, Teresa, Apollonia. Those are all of, I guess, the names that are not her surname. Right, right. Yeah. So then we skipped back to Cheers and Sam is shooing some children away from the food table and announcing Carla and Eddie's arrival. They just look depressed as all get out. <laughs> and Woody has a Polaroid camera and <laughs> he takes a picture and he says, like, that's a keeper. <laughs> He's just kind of <laughs> unaware of the tone of the event. Mm-hmm. really throughout because he takes a picture later of sam and rebecca and he's like you know and sam's like no 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 no, not now you know and woody's all excited about taking these pictures of them carla says they're pronounced husband and wife at 401 p.m and they might as well have been pronounced dead <laughs> <laughs> so that sort of brings us to the reception part do you have anything else about all like all of the things you know wedding wise and whatnot no, um, just again, yeah. I'll go back to that whole. Well, I, I I'll hit on that scene, like you said, filmed very differently. That it's a very weird scene, and mm-hmm. you know, every once in a while there are scenes that that Shears will give us that just seem a little jarring. Like, where did that come from? You know, because mm-hmm. it's just so not what they usually do that it stands out to such a degree. Yeah, which again is fine. You know, it's something different, but that one particular was kind of like. Okay, we get the point that it's crowded. You're not Correct. in an actual ceremony. It's not the ideal situation. Beyond that, what was the real purpose of right. doing it, the scene that way? So, you know, whatever on that. I agree on the wedding scene. I think, like, really the entire thing, like, what did that really add? I mean, there are some, mm-hmm. like, little funny bits, I guess. But I don't know. I think that it's... There's some scenes they do that are unusual and they stand out, but they add to it. And I don't think it was bad, but I don't think it added too much to it either. I agree. Necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. We get to the reception. I do think this is where like some of the best stuff happens, you know, in mm-hmm. the part. So the first part of this episode of part two, the running around and Sam orchestrating everything, I think is well done. But then really, I think we get through these different pairings of people that we see at this reception and that becomes mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah. So, Norm and Cliff are observing from the top of the stairs. And Cliff says Carla and Eddie don't look happy. They don't look too happy. And Norm says that they do look married, though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And they'll be carrying on throughout the reception. So then we move over to Rebecca and Sam. And Rebecca is polishing an award, which she says is a Wobby, Women of Boston Business Award. And we know this because Sam asks, what's a Wobby, Rebecca? I don't know why it's just so much. No, but so many laughs from just such a dumb line like that. Yeah. It's all in the way he delivers it. It's just, he's not, you know, he doesn't mean anything offensive. He's just, he's messing with her. He's having fun with yes, her. Yes, exactly. Throughout all of this, he's having fun with her. Right. He knows that it gets her riled up, and that's why he does it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. She says it's very prestigious, and thousands of women have won it. <laughs> and she keeps cleaning it and then she's like rubbing it and then she's cleaning it more so it's just obviously this nervous thing that she's doing yes so yeah. sam was leaning in he kind of ascertains rebecca's trying to impress her boss that she has a crush on him and i think that's the point where he makes like little kissing noises on mm-hmm. his hand oh evan yeah. evan 
And Rebecca says he's a married man, although not happily. That's when he starts <laughs> making fun of her. And she kind of turns her head up and walks off. Mm-hmm. So then we go back to Norman Cliff, who are helping themselves to the hors d'oeuvres in large quantities. And it's, I can't, what was it like the, there were two things where they're like, oh, try them together, try them together, you know. <laughs> Throughout <laughs> this, they're just sampling the different foods and combinations. Uh-huh. And Rebecca asks if they plan to leave anything for latecomers. They said, like, you snooze, you lose. <laughs> yes. She's like, what are you going to say to that? It's kind of true. <laughs> so the band leader announces it's time for the traditional first dance, and we all know who is going to start it. And Woody looks around with his camera. He's got the camera through the whole thing. So it's like, that's what I like about it. It's like, everybody has a thing that's going on. It's not necessarily all together, but like, Woody's taking pictures. Sam and Rebecca have these progressively funnier interactions in some ways. Norman Cliff are commenting and eating. And then you have the dance floor scenes with the duos on that. But at any rate, Woody, at this point, that when asked, like, it's the first dance, we all knew who's going to start it. And Woody's like, holy cow, it isn't me, is it? (laughs) (laughs) So Carla and Eddie kind of slink onto the floor somberly. Woody's still taking pictures of everybody. And then we get to this sort of, like, escalation here with Rebecca. She's drinking at the end of the bar. This was quite an escalation. I mean, I think we're led to believe time has passed since yeah. we last saw her, but because the music changed kind of... a little bit, it's mm-hmm. a little later. Yeah, like yeah. something's happened. You can kind of tell right. something's happened, right? Because she says, "Hit me again, Harley." Third, it's like third <laughs> times the charm. So you know she's had a little champagne at this point, <laughs> but she's still, you know, she's telling Sam that Mr. Drake is in a meeting. Yeah, like where he it's like the was it like the. SOB is in a meeting because Sam asks where he is, I think. Wasn't that a... And mm-hmm. yeah. she's just obviously upset about that. He's not coming to the reception. After everything, he's not coming to the reception. I think she tells Sam to choke on it, something like that. And Woody shows up with his Polaroid and it's like, there's a happy pair. <laughs> Again, with him like not picking up what's going on. And takes a picture. And she kind of has her mouth squunched up or like sort of in a sour, you know, mm-hmm. pose. Yep. Just looks at him when he's taking the picture, so... And he remarks on her gimpy eyes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think it would be fun at the end to see the pictures he's taken at this event because none of them are going to be traditional happy wedding photos. Mm. Yeah. Norm and Cliff, we skip back to them. They notice they've neglected the dessert table. They make amends. On the dance floor, Carla and Eddie are dancing, Anthony and Annie are dancing, and Anthony asks to trade partners. And he kind of gets up at Eddie's face about it. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the bar. So it's, again, like just little scenes at a wedding reception. I have to say, though, the line with, um, I think this is right before we go back to the bar, um, uh-huh. when um, Eddie steps in to dance with Annie. and Annie Oh, I think it's coming up. Off guard. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah. have I, am I jumping ahead? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Go for it. You can, it's all right. Because it's all no, like, says, it's like they're, she, they're... she says, she says uh, so Eddie, how, like, how's M- Mother Tortelli in bed? <laughs> it's the most inappropriate, uncomfortable oh, so question you could ask. And it gets laughs, but then when the camera cuts back to her face, she herself She's looks like, uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I shouldn't have asked that. Or like, this was an awkward thing to ask. And she just keeps on dancing. Yeah. Well, because he's smiling when he starts dancing with her. Like, he's just trying Uh, to be happy and, you know, like family oriented, whatnot. And then she pops that question out. And it is just something that she thought would be bold or whatever. You just get that sense. It's like this young woman. And then she instantaneously is like, oh. Yeah, because his smile fades and then she kind of looks down. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That was so good. That was good. 
you know, everybody has their own scene. It's just chopped up into these different pieces. I think that works fairly well, though. With them and then with Sam and Rebecca, the next little bit is this, you know. So Sam is offering Rebecca a cup of coffee and talking about how, you know, he's in his day, he's seen a lot of ladies hit the champagne and one minute they're fine. The next minute they're doing something wild and crazy. And then he's like, wait a minute, why am I giving you coffee? She wants to sort of see what she might do, I guess. And I think that's the, the part after that is the mother, tor- what is mother tortelli like in bed? <laughs> <laughs> so then at the bar, Rebecca continued to drink, motions Sam to come toward her. And this is kind of when this little crescendo hits. She tells him he has a real, he's, it's, what does it start with? She motions, pulls her finger for him to come toward mm-hmm. her. And they have this, this sort of flirty moment of, I think I'm seeing you in a whole new light. And something like, he says, I'm like, what are you looking at, pretty lady, or whatever? And she says something about, he has a really, you have a really weird face. <laughs> <laughs> like, your eyebrows are growing together like a big old hairy caterpillar. Oh, look, they're cutting the cake. <laughs> and then just stands up and walks. She off. just gets up and, and it's like, like, like a deliberate walk, like. Yeah. Walk like you're not drunk, drunk. you know, exactly. like walk like everything's fine. Right. Eyes forward, move ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She does great. She's, oh, she I mean, I know. drunk Rebecca is a, it's a good one. She's, it's a treat. Yeah. Plays it well. It is. You're right. It's that drunk control fashion, like focus on what you're doing. Like you look normal. Yeah. Just be casual yeah. about it rather than exactly. being like, oh, I'm drunk and I'm pretending like it's somebody right, like, right. trying You've to be under control rather together. than trying to be drunk. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I like uh, in a few uh, beats later, we come to that where she's like, she says something like, oh, well, that'll probably do it for me. Like, you know, <laughs> like she's in a recognition that, oh, all right, you're done. Time it. to go home now. But she doesn't make a big thing about it. She tr- tries not to make a thing of it. Right. She's just like, all right, that does it for me. I'm going home. I think she know? says she's like, it's time for her to pack it in. <laughs> yes, something pack like it in. That. That's it. Yep, yep, yep. She's like, well, tries to downplay night. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There was, I'll have to find this for, you know, another, like a longer discussion in another time, another episode, but there's an interview that it's, it's Glenn Charles and Les Charles and James Burroughs. And then George Went is in part of this. And it was, I don't think too many years ago, but Cherie Eichen, who of course is like one of the writers of this was doing, she was the interviewer of them. And at one point in this, James Burroughs, and they're just going over like the history of Cheers and different things with the cast. And he said that something about how like, Kirstie Alley did drunk scenes, found a different way to do them and made them like unique and funny rather than trying to act like you're too drunk. It's like someone that's trying to be kind of controlled and keep everything in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's, yeah, it's perfect. And so when she's walking over in that very straightforward, like, oh, look, they're cutting the cake. Let's go see that. <laughs> And then yes. Sam kind of rubs his face and shakes his head slightly. He, oh, I mean, he's always had good expressions, but it's just a, it's a good response to her, I think. Mm-hmm. And then we also see that Rebecca is drinking to deal with this upset of Evan Drake not showing up at the party. Right. So the dancing finishes. Carla throws the bouquet. Fraser catches it, which is kind of perfect in a way. And also a little bit prescient as we get into some episodes later this season, too. And it's just funny that it's Frasier. But he hands the bouquet to Rebecca, and he, she looks at it. Just, like, looks at it like it's a thing. You know, just like, oh, what is this? Drops it in the garbage. And then that's when I think she announces, like, stumbles, like, slightly. Plays mm-hmm. it off and says it's time for her to pack it in. Yeah. 
That's so interesting what you just said about the interview where, you know, instead of you really overdoing it and playing this drunk, can't hold it together, mm-hmm. playing as though you're drunk, but you're trying not to show that you're drunk, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's very relatable oh, yes. in a way, but very good. Like, you know, that is what people, many people would try to do, right? You mm-hmm. want to show, present a certain face of i'm fine you know whatever that's that's very i think realistic and Mm -hmm. so that's very interesting to kind of think of it from that acting angle i think it is too yeah i think it is too because that is the more i think the more genuine way that a character would be especially that character but probably most people but right but like the acting you'd think like oh someone's acting they're going to act drunk but that's the better way to do it i think another layer added to all that Yeah, yeah 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 So speaking of that, Sam tells Rebecca she's not in a condition to arrive. He's going to give her a ride home. She says, I'm just going to go through all of this because it's so funny. She's like, she's like, I don't know. I've never been alone in a car with such a hairy guy. <laughs> she swings. I mean, it's not even dramatic. She swings around like the wooden beam to ask Sam. And she's like, kind of puts her hand. And she's like, are you sure you weren't in Planet of the Apes? And she just kind of keeps going with it. Like, she's not waiting for any kind of, that's a joke. This is the next beat of it. She's just carrying on. And she Mm -hmm. asks if anyone else can please take her home. So Anthony and Annie have apparently finished their respective dances. They're at the norm, basically norm spread at the end of the bar. Anthony's drinking beer through a straw. So again, back (laughs) with the, like, children theme, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Anthony Mm -hmm. says they have room in their car. Rebecca can sit in his lap. Annie's like, darling, you're married now. You don't have a lap. (laughs) <laughs> and then rebecca has this completely goofy face in response <laughs> to them like yeah ah. she's like laughing like that's so cute and, yeah like you know. amused by it yeah. yeah yeah so sam escorts rebecca out and he tells her if she thinks he's so ugly then he'll let her put a bag over his head they're kind of filming it's interesting sometimes they film between those the beams on the bar you know they get some great expressions that way but it's mm-hmm. interesting they film it i think so they, they're filming her or they're showing her she tells her like just a minute let me get my bag and then she kind of stumbles slightly and like looks back at him and says and yours and then <laughs> says this grin on her face as she walks off toward the office mm-hmm. i love that just kind of looks so satisfied with herself <laughs> I think, yeah, the drunk behavior, it's, it does seem more realistic. And it also goes to that idea that there's something going on inside her head. She must be thinking of something. Right. Okay, you're doing well. Wasn't that funny that I said this or whatever? You know, who knows what it right. is. But well, it's I just mean, the, I, the I expressions feel... plus the sort of the attempt to control, but with the little stumbles in there are just great. Yeah. And that's what I say. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, without saying too much, isn't that a little relatable, right? Like if you're in the <laughs> moment, if you know that, okay, you know, I've got to look like I've got it together. Right. Here. You're telling yourself you've got it together here. Right. And like, yet, I'm appropriate. You know, to this anyone, is fine. Exactly. <laughs> to anyone else, they can see the little things. But in your mind, you're like, all right. I covered that really well. well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I just feel like it's completely true to mm-hmm. form. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> And then Sam turns to Woody when this is all going on. And she says that and kind of smiles and walks off. And he says, I'm not crazy about the way that girl flirts. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Oh, it was a good line. Mm -hmm. It was. Mm. It's a good, yeah, it's it's a good everything. Like that, that, in my opinion, that adds a lot to the episode. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Carla and Eddie are leaving everybody's throwing rice of course eddie gets hit in the eye and carla says they brought a curse on themselves maybe they should get an annulment 
<laughs> so Sam is just like, oh, you too. He gives one of his pep talks. He's a little exasperated, but it's kind of a pep talk at the same time. They have everything to look forward to. And he lectures them. It should be the happiest day of their lives. Um, that all they've done is moan and groan. And they're letting the superstition stuff interfere with their happiness. He's kind of in this cheerleading mode for Carla and Eddie. But, you know, it's just wants them to be happy. But he's just basically tired of the superstition stuff. Right. He says, trust me, nothing bad is going to happen. And then we have the phone ringing again. And Sam is physically trying to stop Woody from answering it. <laughs> he's basically like, well, he's like, I'm going to do my job. And they answer yep. the phone. Yep. <laughs> no matter what. So he answers it and like seems like it's probably somebody that's what is it like somebody that's asking when we close and he holds up two fingers and when he's like he just answers it's like we close it too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's somebody from the Bruins and they've cut Eddie from the team. Mm-hmm. It, they did set that up in the beginning in season or season in episode one when they he's talking about I think the difficulties of like training and how he has to really work hard right. to keep up and so forth. You know, it's right. not that's true. So none of it's out of None of it's out of the blue or out of nowhere. It all makes sense. It's just like, did there need to be so much in between? Maybe we can discuss. Right. Right. So, you know, Eddie thinks superstition's caught up with them. So it's like they're going back and forth on who's being superstitious and who's not being superstitious. And Carla says that she can blame superstition for a lot, but she's like, Eddie was not the greatest goalie in the world. I kind of (laughs) like this. It's like a little bit of, you know, she's not up, she's not down, she's just being realistic. I feel like that's Mm -hmm. a good place for her to land at the end of this episode. Right. Um, And she comes to believe that the things that they consider bad luck were just part of life. For some reason, I remember that from way long ago, seeing this episode. So I feel like it's a pretty genuine thing for Carla to say in the end. Mm -hmm. And then she adds, unfortunately, it happens to be my life, which is also a genuine thing for Carla to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then she goes through this rationalization, like, she's in love and she's married to a great guy, so that makes it all worthwhile. And then she's like, no, it doesn't. (laughs) <laughs> I like that part too and she's like oh but it's this and it's that no it isn't you know yeah. and she decides it, it's something so something life is worth living in some capacity she and Eddie sort of decide that they're going to go for it she says she's going to see him at 2am because somebody in this family has to work <laughs> so she grabs a tray and she starts taking orders in her wedding dress and she approaches Phil and says hi I'm Mrs. Eddie LeBeck what are you having mm-hmm I have to say, I like that ending. I, that I was, do too. It was funny. It was warm. It was, I think, true to character. And I really, mm-hmm. I like, I like the moments when they have Rhea Perlman and her father in a little scene like that, like when Carla and Phil interact. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that it's it's kind of an inside joke, but I don't think it's so in your face or obvious that it stands out. I just think it's always throughout the whole show very well done. And I think this was another time when it was very well done. I agree. One thing I like, too, is it it almost the the episode title almost comes to to full fruition here. Little Mm. Carla happy at last. This is her happiness. The good, the bad. It's kind of weighing the differential and it is what it is. And I'm happy enough. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what she arrives at. It's not Mm -hmm. it's not some false sense of, you know, ebulence. It's just here's what it is. And I I can bring myself down to earth, be realistic. There's good, there's bad. But here we are. And it must Mm -hmm. be something. And she's happy. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great way to look at it. Because that is who Carla is. And I think that that happy at last is, Uh that's true. It's not necessarily like, oh, she's getting married and it's this romantic thing and it's up, it's down, it's up, it's down, you know. And I think some of that, like I you know, mentioned with the last episode, doesn't, you know, it's like the emotions are following the plot and it doesn't seem as realistic. But like by the time we get to the end, I think it is realistic to the character and sincere. The happy at last part. Yeah, it's great. I think Carla... 
likes to work or at least to be useful. I don't think she likes to be overworked, but I just, I think she likes to work or be useful in some way. Mm -hmm. Like she's always, we've talked about this for the whole previous five seasons, that she's always working. She's always doing something or cleaning something or, I mean, sometimes she'll, when she has in the last episode, you know, her customers turn in their own drink order. She'll do something like that occasionally, but she really is a worker. And they've had in the part one conversation, she's like, oh, I can just sit at home and eat peanut butter and watch my toenails. That's not really her life. I wouldn't work. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So then she grabs her tray. She's back at it. She's Mrs. Eddie LeBac now, but she's still Carla doing her thing, working. (laughs) I just, so much, so much here. Like I said, Mm -hmm. it's the supplemental plot lines that really drive this episode for me. And, And that's what makes it heads above what we got in part one for me. Okay. I agree with that. I think the supplemental plot, like some of the things with the reception, like what we talked about with Mm -hmm. Sam being active and pushing the direction of things. When a character is pushing the activity rather than the plot or what you can sort of see the script doing, I think that's far, far better story. Sam is a little bit in the sort of relationship counseling mode in the first episode, but he's really in it here. And again, he's a more dominant character, Mm -hmm. which works better. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I had that, like he does a lot of relationship counseling of both Carla and Eddie. And he's making fun of Rebecca, but to a degree, when he's taking her home, there's also, like, he's not necessarily telling her what to do, but he's taking care of her too. So he's kind of in that caretaking mode, and I think that works. I have a couple other things about the superstition, and I suspect you might as well. I had some stuff mm-hmm. around the, the Sam and Rebecca negotiating the wedding reception. And I think that's kind of the last I can think of on the, the Sam and Rebecca plot. I don't know. I just like the way he convinces her to host it by suggesting she write her boss to impress him. And then the wedding needs to get back on track. So he's saying that they can, he can do that and to get rid of the uniforms. Again, the back and forth between the negotiations. And then in some ways they're at odds, but in the end it works out. But Mr. Drake doesn't even attend the reception. <laughs> and Sam right. ends up taking her home. After all of their, it's not, I mean, it's not drama between them, but like after all of that kind of like fun contention or like the back and forth, what she mm-hmm. wants from all of this doesn't even happen. Right. And she ends up not with him, but with him taking her home. I think that's yeah. kind of an interesting, it's not like a dramatic plot twist, but I think it's an interesting little twist to her hopes. Sure. Oh, yeah, in absolutely. In this episode. Yeah. And I liked yeah. that. Yeah. Like that whole goal was not to get drunk at the wedding reception and then have to have Sam take her home. Right. That's the way it worked out. That's not how it was supposed to happen. <laughs> was right, right, right. <laughs> Curious what more you have to say with this. And I think that we talked a little bit in the first episode and some in this. Like the episode, the whole story, both episodes rely too much on Carla's and Eddie's superstitions, I think. Mm-hmm. The talking about it. Yeah, very heavily, very heavily mm-hmm. so. I mean, and not that I can't see her being superstitious. I, I buy that. But mm-hmm. it also... I don't know. It's also for me a little difficult to square away with her whole relentlessly realistic, practical, down to earth kind of side, you know, I mean, of course, you know, multifaceted, you can have conflicting, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. It's like they lean so heavily into it. This episode, the whole story arc that it's like, it just becomes overwhelming that they focus so much on that one part to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like on what I'm missing, it didn't end up in the episodes, like whatever kind of connection was supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not explaining that well. But I was thinking too, I just thought that, you know, in part one, I said that I thought that the discussion between Sam and Carla, when he's asking her about how she managed to swing a church wedding when she was divorced, and she talks about how she and Nick had had their marriage annulled and all of this, you know, I'm like, and then, then there's a joke about Nick selling the bishop's watch and so forth. 
or the arch whatever archbishop's watch it does seem unnecessary but then it introduces that element that carl is also from what we've gathered a fairly observant catholic mm-hmm. perhaps certainly not of all of the <laughs> strictures of catholicism <laughs> but enough to have a marriage and all to get married in the church she has all these the other sort of catholic traditions there's an episode in season two when she's when sam says he knows she goes to mass every sunday like that kind of thing right so right. we know that she's catholic and then we know she also has this whole granted extremely overplayed superstitious life overplayed in this episode and then she's very realistic and it kind of comes to that in the end so i wonder if that was had been made more of a piece like not to necessarily have those things be at odds with each other but it is kind of like Mm. it's multifaceted i just don't think it's pulls together in the story but i wonder if that bit of that discussion was supposed to be more of sort of the and and then also showing the church service which i also didn't think worked as well as it should have and woody talking about being catholic all of those things kind of go to that other side of carla that's also at odds with superstition i don't know i just i think that could have been more interesting maybe than it was but i think the pieces are there no, I, I I agree. The pieces are definitely there. I think it's just, at least for me, it, yeah, that's it. It doesn't seem very interesting. It's not that it's not coherent. It's there, but mm-hmm. it's not all that compelling Yeah, to me. Yeah. So I definitely think the activity in part two, I think had that worked out, that both parts would have been very interesting. But I think that the, the activity level we see in part two and the different character combinations works well since mm-hmm. the main what it seems like they were going for didn't quite come together as well as i think it should have what else are there any other things that we haven't talked about oh well i did think it was interesting that you know eddie's mom was brought in for part one and then just never brought back again we're just kind of going to leave that kind of thing dangling um that Mm -hmm. whole plot thread i i mean i don't know i i i see that it wasn't they didn't have to bring her back but yeah I kind of I don't know it would have been maybe interesting to see her with one more scene like that they 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 played it up they brought her in she was in and out and done with you know right. it's like it felt like they could have done more with her yeah I mean I guess if she didn't want Eddie to marry Carla and she's that against it she's not going to show up for the wedding but at the same time just from a storytelling tell, storytelling standpoint it is it's like those characters in that first episode it was like they came in for this point of the plot and then they left but Anthony and Annie had more to do in the second episode rather than just sort of come in and state why they were there. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and you got a little more character out of them, I think, in part two. Mm-hmm. Or is that true? Yeah, you might have seen something else of Eddie's mother. Well, I think that this one, I don't know. I don't, I, one question I had at the very beginning of my thinking about this is like, could it have been one episode? It gets Carla and Eddie married successfully, which is part of the, I guess, the agenda or the arc for this season. I feel like there's too much to ha- like happening to have it be in one part, but at the same time, it might have been, if you cut out some of the activity and just had it one really good story. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. I'm, it would have been possible. You know. I mean, there's a lot to, to flesh out, and they did, and I, I see that because I feel mm-hmm. like it would have been even more rushed. But yeah. it's possible that trimming up some of part one maybe might have, I don't right. know, might have served it better. Ratings-wise, then, part one, I wasn't sure what to give it because I don't think it's, even part one, I don't think it's bad. It's not one of no. my least favorite episodes or anything of that sort. Relative to what I knew I was going to give this one or what I would prefer to give this one, I gave that a high two. And I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give it a three, like a solid three. I'm yep. going to give Drunk Rebecca and a couple of other little bits a high four. <laughs> yes. By far, uh, that was the most enjoyable aspect of that show. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I give it a three as well. 
overall, okay. I think it, it's it's definitely stronger and more enjoyable for me than part one was. Mm-hmm. Neither are bad episodes, but part two is definitely my preferred my preferred episode. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. I think there are more scenes that I'd be like, oh, I'd like to see that again. That was There's fun. more for the the cast we love to do, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It's their antics and everything, and that's always going to be more. They're in it together, right? Yes. Sam's, Sam's spearheading it. We're going to get this done instantaneously. It, it just, there's more to see. There's more to enjoy. That will do it for us today. You can find us on Facebook, Norm, a Cheers podcast, and on Twitter at Cheers underscore Norm. You can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and Spotify. Leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there. Thanks so much for listening.